This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic State of Mind. It is Tuesday. I'm your host, Declan McConville. As per usual, the original lineup's back. I'm joined by Patrick McGill, Lawrence Conley. Today's 62 years since floodlights were first used at Celtic Park, so hopefully we'll bring a bit of light into your day, gents. How are we? But, but they're doing well, but it's got me. It's more than 62 years. That's 62 years since the drencher light system against Wolves. But Celtic mm. tried them in the 1890s when they strung floodlights across the pitch. Had to do away with it after a few games because the ball kept hitting the wires. Okay, but, 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 you know, just a, it's a bit of trivia, mate. <laughs> light was in the, uh, yeah, for the Wolves game, wasn't it? Modern technology and our, our good friend John Farland played in that game and goals. Um, a man for many uh, distinctive games that being one of the first that he played in. Um, and that takes us on. He played for Motherwell as well towards his end of career. So that takes us yeah. right on to the game on the, Saturday. And he turned up at JT90. There you go. He sees off at Celtic Park and he turned up at the graveside to, to lay one of the reefs. Good there man, John. It's good to see he's got rid of his stick now. Yep, a Celtic legend and a Celtic great Lisbon line. Yes. So, Motherwell, Saturday. Um, as you can see, I've still got my Scotland jersey on. Scotland play tonight away in the Faroe Islands. Um, big, big game after Saturday's result. Um, but we'll, we're looking forward to, to Celtic Motherwell on Saturday because the, the international break after this is nearly over, obviously. On Saturday, we got to watch near Beaton, Callum McGregor um, playing that match. A few former Celts as well involved in that Scotland setup, of course. A bad not playing for, for Israel. But um, yeah, this top kind of 
synonymous with 1967 and a few Celts played in that game. But we'll get on to Scotland and Celtic later on. Firstly, Motherwell on Saturday. Patrick, what's your thoughts leading up to this? Well, obviously, got a good... Um, you know, people are saying, you know, whether Aberdeen, the result of Petodio will be the springboard. Do you think that will be the springboard? And do you expect us to go here and, and get a result and a win on in, in Saturday? I'm hoping so. I'm definitely hoping so. Definitely think it's possible as well. You know, um, I think if we come out the international break with no injuries, um, for the first time in what feels like years, we'll be in a very, very good place because we're getting to that stage now where all the people that were out with injuries about a month ago, they're now coming back. Uh, hopefully that means we can start hitting form again. Motherwell have started the season well, um, but you know we've got a fairly decent record at Fir Park, so I'm hoping and expecting a, a another victory of any kind. You know, hopefully more comfortable than than Aberdeen. Yeah, hopefully more comfortable than Aberdeen. Lawrence, what was your thoughts going into this game on Saturday? It's a tough place to go. We've played well there um, past couple of seasons, but it has been a place that I've struggled at before in the past. Yeah, yeah, you know, lost the league there in the past as well, haven't we? Final day, it's like think Patrick's hitting the head. It's about getting our guys back. You know, that arguably been without five first team starters. Uh, Mother was going to have had almost two weeks off. We've got guys coming back and guys that have been played in international. So you'd want to kick on from the Aberdeen result and hopefully get close to our, our best team in the park for maybe the first time this season. Uh, Kyogo, you know. He's way with Japan. Hopefully, you know, he's back fit and leading the line again. Uh, would maybe hopefully at some point in this game see Jamakis. Uh, I think everybody's desperate to see what the, the new striker's like. He's uh, been in it a while. Came on fit, got injured in warm-up. And yeah, it's been a, a bit of stop-stop for him, hasn't it? His career so far. So it'd be good to, to see if we could get him, you know, 10, 20 minutes for three or four nil up, get Kyogo protected and, and get him up front, see what he can give us. Be interesting to see what we're going to do with the fullback positions. Who's going to be fit, uh, 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 and who claims the berths? I know it seems like Tony Ralston's miles away from the Scotland squad. He was told he had to hold the Celtic place. He done that. Still didn't get him in the squad. But you know, uh, is it Juranovic? Is it Tony? Uh, and who's going to come in at left back for this Montgomery or Scales? Three or four nil up seems good to me. I'd be very happy if we, we do go there and we're in that position. We can fire on Giacomacus. Um, Patrick, how how do you think Andy approaches this in terms of keeping that consistency? Because it will have been working with a lot of guys that haven't went international duty this week at Lennox Town. Um, there's guys in there that you know might have needed that wee bit of extra work in terms of man management, which I think Andy's you know fairly good at from what we've read, um, especially David Turnbull's comments a few weeks ago. How do you keep that consistency? Because a lot of the guys won't return to training until you know Wednesday, Thursday. Um, there won't be a lot of work done with those guys. So how do you keep that that balance from what you've worked on in the training ground with the guys that have been left behind to then add in you know a lot of your first team regulars that come back from international duty? Well, I think part of that could even be part of international duty. You know, if, if a bunch of the Scotland guys come off the back of another massive victory, you know that will that will lift their spirits. And for guys like Callum McGregor, that could work in our benefit if they're coming off the back of a, a, a massive uh, period in, in Scotland's qualifying campaign. Um, I think for the, the majority of our season, we only really get one or two training sessions between games. So I think Andrew will probably be quite used to that by now. But um, he'll have had an, an in-depth period of time to work with the guys who haven't left. Uh, you know, guys probably like Joe Hart and... Uh, you know, Chris Julian will be probably close to be coming back now as well. Uh, Anthony Valston, people like them. Uh, but I, I, I think he'll approach it the same way he approaches every game. You know, he's not going to sacrifice his philosophy for anybody or anything. You know, he's and you know, fair play to him because it's been working uh, the majority of the time domestically. You know, those two six 0 victories, uh, three 0 against um, Ross County. Ross County, aye. Uh, so. I'd expect them to approach it the same way, you know, just all out, outscore the opposition, uh, intense for the full 90 minutes and just don't stop, as that wee famous club said. Mm, yeah, don't stop. Lawrence, what, what do you think on that? How how does he keep that consistency going? What does he take from the, the game at Aberdeen that he maybe brings into this game? Is it, you know, do you stick with beat on in midfield? Do you look at a different approach in terms of, I know Patrick spoke about Angie's philosophy there, it's very clear to see but you know 
is there going to be a change in approach from Ange going into this from what he's maybe taken from the Aberdeen game because for a lot of the time and periods of the game it wasn't very comfortable for us but we get the win uh, well, I hope he doesn't go back to Rodgick and uh, Turnbull as two of the midfielders so whether it's Beaton or whether McCarthy's fit whoever wants to play as a defensive midfielder hopefully push McGregor further forward uh, yeah you know it might be Beaton McCarthy McGregor I, I, I don't know but as long as it's not kind of reverting back to Turnbull and Rodgick I think we've seen enough to say look for whatever reason, that's just not clicking properly for us. Especially, you know, when we lose the ball, it, you know, they, they don't track back enough. I don't think they don't give us enough. So, if he learns that from Aberdeen, happy days. Uh, and if he learns winning on the road, <laughs> you, you know, happy days. First 45 against Aberdeen, well, first 40 minutes anyway, you know, it's fairly comfortable. Uh, second half, yeah, Aberdeen came more into it. Aiden and abetted by... Um, our play being broken up by a lot of free kicks given against us, uh, but you know, hopefully we can stop giving away silly free kicks uh, and get a bit more fluency to our game and a bit more intensity because that that number of free kicks just kills any intensity or fluency that you're trying to build. Yeah, when you're talking about fouls, Patty, a player that I know gets in your nerves quite a lot is Nabiton. Um, he came into the game at Petaudry and did fairly okay um, second half kind of returned to his old ways. Obviously, you watched him for 96 minutes on Saturday. Um, that Hamden playing, you know, in a very different position to, to what he would play um, for Celtic. Um, do, do you see him being the man, the anchor man as the number six in midfield going forward here for this next batch of games? Because unless McCarthy or, or Soro, you know, step up their game, it looks as if it might be him in that position. I'm not really sure, to be honest, because... Yeah. I think when you're talking about Beaton and Sorrow, they both give away so many daft fouls. And then McCarthy, quite clearly, I don't know if he's not good enough or not up to speed yet. Um, I just think I think he's probably still unfit, to be honest. But when it comes to uh, Beaton or Sorrow, they both give away so many daft fouls. But with Beaton, it's, he takes it up a level. He likes to get sent off as well. He likes to poke people in the eye and rugby tackle strikers, you know. Um, so... You know, that, that's, in fairness, that's when he's playing at the back. So, you know, maybe if he's played as a defensive midfielder, he'll get back to that form that he found under Ronnie Dyler when people were comparing him to Sergio Busquets, of all people. Uh, so I think as long as we're deploying him in the midfield, he'll probably play a wee bit better. But I'm, I'm not sure long term if he's the answer going forward. As astonishing as it is, I'd probably like to bring in a defensive midfielder in January because... Mm-hmm. I think we've got three, four if you include Liam Shaw, and none of them appear to be good enough. Um, so I, I could see Beaton playing. I could see Beaton having a good game as well, actually. And, you know, if Celtic win, that's all that matters. Yeah, Lawrence, these are games that maybe suit near Beaton, but I know you're a big fan of James McCarthy. <coughs> Do you think that this week and, you know, getting that wee bit extra, more training in and working with the manager might just bring him up to the the level that we need because I watched his, his counterpart that he came from Hamilton with James McArthur um, playing for Crystal Palace against Leicester and I thought he was excellent in that game um, do you think there's, there's still a lot more to come from James McCarthy in a Celtic jersey? There's got to be we've not had a lot you know what is it one assist so far so two an extra two weeks to get his fitness up and understand the game that Ange wants him to play you know, he's got to be close hasn't he he's got the pedigree you know like He's dynamic and it can change position. You know, he can also play attacking midfielder as well as defensive midfielder McCarthy. So it's something handy to have on the part, something that can can interchange. You know, it's like Callum can play attacking midfielder, defensive midfielder. So if he's not ready now, it's kind of what's it going to take to get ready. Looking, um, Patrick, we'll touch on Callum again. Just to go into the comments, just now we were on the the subject of Motherwell. Um, Anybody going along to the game like myself? Motherwell are doing a a very um, good cause and they're doing a food bank drive at the game on Saturday so if you are going along to the game if you can't take anything along with you a bag of messages tins whatever please do take it along if you can't do that I'm sure there'll be collection buckets and if you can stick something in the buckets obviously we're approaching Christmas at this point in time there's a lot of families um, across the country that will be struggling Um, it's a a thing and a, a cause that you know is close to a lot of Celtic fans' heart due to the way the club was was founded. So if you are going along to the game on Saturday, 
please help um, with that initiative. Um, Helen McCallum in the comments is telling us it's one each just now between Japan and Australia. Please also keep us up to date with that. Let us know if Kyogo comes on. I know Rogic started for Australia, but if he comes on, please let us know how he's doing. And hopefully, um, once he's, if he does come on, he's off and he's in Cotton Wool and ready for Firth Park on Saturday. Um, but Patrick, back to the game on Saturday that we watched together at Hamden. Um, Callum McGregor, who Lord it's touched on there, playing in that midfield beside Billy Gilmore and John McGinn, didn't look out of place at all. I thought he was excellent on Saturday, Callum McGregor. No, 100%. And, you know, there's an argument to be made that first half he was the best midfielder. Cause yeah, 100%. Some people disagree with me. I didn't think John McGinn had the best game. He, he scored a really important equaliser, but I'd, I, I thought he misplaced quite a few passes. He lost possession. You know, it, it was a great team performance, especially second half, but I thought individually McGinn didn't play that well. And then obviously Gilmore had a bit of a nightmare first half along with the rest of the team but sort of came into it second half so no not at all McGregor definitely he's, he was a standout if anything um, and you know he's going to be so important I think we all had a sort of collective moment of joy when we found out he was playing against Bayer Leverkusen because we thought without him without him or Kyogo you know we just don't stand a chance in these games so to have him back and to have him playing week in week out is it's a massive benefit and it was such a boost to have him sign. I think it was a five-year deal as well a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's a, a massive piece of business. He is, um, you know, he's, he's everything good about when Celtic play. I think I've described him on here as the metronome in midfield. Uh, everything kind of goes through Callum McGregor and everything that we work on, I think, he really um, executes. But to look at the, the team that played against uh, Aberdeen, Lawrence, um, the back four that started up at Petrodi were Ralston, Vickers, Starfelt, and Montgomery. Um, in terms of the five that we do expect to come back through this inter- uh, sorry, post-international period, we expect Chris Julian, James Forrest, Mikey Johnson, Josip Juranovic and Georges Chirkimakis to come back. Um, looking at that back four, what, what changes for you? Or does anything change? Do you stick with what you've got there? Uh, I would think Juranovic would come in for Ralston. Ange is maybe likely to play Juranovic instead of Montgomery. At left back, I know he's put him in there when he's had both him and Ralston fit, which suggests that maybe he rates him at left back over Montgomery. I don't know how close Scales is and being up to speed technically to come in for Montgomery. I think Montgomery's looked a wee bit tired. Still looks good going forward, but I think he's looked a bit tired defensively. Julian, it's probably too early to drop him in for starting the game, isn't it? Uh, but, mm. you know, you, you'd hope if he can get a lead, you know, two or three goals, maybe another player that you'd want to see get some minutes in his legs because definitely aerially we're still weak still losing a lot of goals from crosses he's our tallest defender he's the most dominant in the, in the air in our box normally lays in with a, a goal or two a season in the opposition's box as well so he definitely brings something to the team uh, and it, you know he would show up one of your weaknesses but I don't know if I'd be in favour of starting Julian at, at the beginning he's had an awful long layoff hasn't he it's you know, they're talking about he'd literally be back in training. I doubt he'd had any bounce games or anything. So mm. I think he's one that's, yeah, if you're two, three up, maybe 20 minutes to go, get him on and, and get some minutes in the legs. Look, looking at that, Patrick, as a back four and, and going forward there, a player I know you're a big advocate of and a fan of is, is Stephen Welsh. And, you know, there's a lot of chat around Chris Julian just now. I've mentioned the, the two present in Carter Vickers and, and Starfield. Where is Stephen Welch's position at Celtic now? Because if Julian returns and he is going into that mix, um, that just looks as if Welch is now fourth choice centre half. Then um, that that might be the case. I don't know. Uh, I, I still rate Stephen Welch higher than I rate Carl Starfelt. To be honest, Carl Starfelt, I think he's twenty six and he still doesn't look comfortable passing the, the football. You know, it's it's beyond me. You know. Maybe that's just the way it looks. Maybe he's totally comfortable passing a ball, but he certainly looks uncomfortable as a 26-year-old professional footballer who costs £5 million. And, you know, he's made a handful of mistakes. He's made a lot less recently, uh, definitely. But I I, I don't think Stephen Welsh is fourth choice. I think all four are tightly grouped. I don't think there's, you know, one standout. You could maybe say Carter Vickers, but, you know... I'm not. I'm not sure that you know he's he's been cast off into the distance, Stephen Welsh. I think he's well within his 
well within a chance of being back into the team. Um, you know, I'm hoping he won't get back into the team because in order for that to happen, someone's probably going to have to get injured or make a massive mistake. So I'd quite like Starfelt and Vickers to just sort of keep a bunch of clean sheets for the next couple of weeks. That'd be brilliant. But um, no, I think he'll be back in the team sooner rather than later because he's a good player and I don't think there's a lot between the four centre-halves that we have at the minute. Yeah, it's a difficult position, Lawrence, because obviously you want a partnership to be developed in there. Um, I've saw the manager stick with, with, with Vickers and Starfelt, but um, as Patrick said, for the reintroduction of possibly Stephen Welsh or even near Beaton, it would mean breaking up the, the partnership. We've got um, seven games post this international break with away to Motherwell, home to Ferrich Farrells, home to St Johnston, away to Hibs, home to Livingston, away to Ferrich Farrells and away to Dundee. Um, how how big a confidence boost would it be for, for you and for, for ourselves to stick with the same two centre-halves through those games or do you want to see a bit of rotation in that position? Listen, if Julian's fit, I think you, you need to start getting minutes in his legs. I think he's, if he gets back to his, you know, his best, he's the best at the club. I think at centre-half we struggle. We don't really have a left-sided centre-half. It's probably part of a problem. That, you know, we've got four right-sided centre-halves. So, unless Scales, you know, I've, said, I've heard Scales say he can play left-hand centre-back, but I don't know if he's, he's in the running for that or not. So, so, so that's maybe a big part of why they look uncomfortable. We, we keep playing two right-hand sided centre-backs, one of them's playing out of position. Are they our two best? Is that a best partnership, Carter Vickers and Starfelt? Uh, I, I think we've got to try and get Julian in sooner rather than later. We're weak defending crosses. <laughs> Statistically, he's the best guy defending crosses for us in a box. Yeah, I, I think we've got to get him playing sooner rather than later. He just been out for so long though, hasn't he? It's just, mm. uh, you know, he cleared it with that post and, and the, the, the game was over but then he didn't, you know, he could have let that go in and it affected the game. It was just, you know, we'd actually, the team seemed to have got a bit of momentum then and that seemed to knock us back again that, <laughs> after his injury. It was, uh, yeah, it was just yeah. one thing after another <laughs> that mm. season. So uh, for me, uh, I would rather see Julian in the team sooner rather than later and it's a question who, who then partners him on the left-hand side. It looks like Starfelt's the guy we're, we're persevering with there, isn't it? Uh, whether Scales c- could come in there, Welsh or, or, or Carter Vickers, I don't know. Yeah, it will be interesting to look at this, Patrick, because I imagine when Vickers signed the contract, there'll be a minimum number of games that he probably has to play for Celtic. So Ange Postico will need to balance that. He's then got a £4 million centre-half in Carol Starfelt, who he's brought in. He'll need game time. And then Lawrence has touched on, you've got, you know, your £7 million French defender that, you know, has a, a good record that we might need to, to introduce. It's sparking a lot of um, discussion in the comments. Please continue to comment. Folks are always welcome. Um, one point Michael's made in the comments here, Patrick, is Welsh as a central defensive midfielder, quick, decent pass of the ball. Could you see that as a potential to give him game time and get him into the squad for some games that you may, you know, need to... Uh, accommodate something like that. Obviously, we've seen Beaton being used as a centre defensive midfielder as a centre back. Are you still against playing players out of the natural position, or is it something to look at? It would certainly surprise me. Uh, I wouldn't do it just to get him game time. I think that would have to be a permanent move. Um, I'm not a fan of playing players out of position just to either fill a hole or get them game time. I, I think that's you're wasting your time there, in my opinion. Uh, if, if the manager thinks that Stephen Will should make a good defensive midfielder, then yeah, I'd be all for it. I think, you know, his passing's arguably the best out of the four centre-halves that we have, you know. Um, it's just his defending that's lacking sometimes, you know, especially away to Livingston. Uh, but I th- it, w- it would take me by surprise. I, I think we've always been going into seasons short at the back with centre-halves. I feel as if we always need two centre-backs every, t- every single transfer window. So to convert one of our only four into defensive midfielder might not be the best decision squad-wise. Uh, also, you're, t- you're talking there about Carter Vickers possibly having a minimum amount of games. I'm hoping that isn't the case because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's that's true. I don't know if that happens in football, but I, I don't like the idea of that. I suppose that's probably why we ended up playing Shane Duffy so much last season. You know, mm. we're playing Shane Duffy well into February when we knew in early November that he blatantly wasn't good enough. So I'm not a fan of that with loan contracts, but, you know, if Carter Vickers is probably our, 
best, if not second best, centre-back. So it doesn't appear to be a problem just now. Yeah, Red Scotland's come in and said they've been increasingly impressed with Starfield, the odd dodgy moment, but his good play outweighs his dodgy moments. Um, you know, we want him to kick on, we want him um, to, to be impressive for Celtic because we want a strong Celtic team, we want a Celtic team that can go and challenge and hopefully win this league title. Um, Tom Rodgick has just came off there for Australia, but he's played 80 minutes against Japan, it's still one each. Um, so Tom Rodgick brings us on to the midfield, Lawrence, we at... Uh, Pitodri, we played um, Beaton, Turnbull and Callum McGregor in midfield. Um, so stick with that on Saturday. Turnbull going back to his old his old home ground and again stick with the consistency in there. Beaton as a six and McGregor playing. It depends on who's fit, but you know if everyone was fit, I would play Beaton, McCarthy, McGregor. Mm. I, I think you know it's it's the most expo- experienced four. Hopefully, kind of when we lose the ball. You know, the, the, the dynamism of McGregor and McCarthy, they will track back, they will put tackles in. It's, you know, will make us a lot more solid. Uh, Beaton, you know, he just played for Israel again. I'm assuming he'll be playing again. Tonight, yeah. uh, I thought he had a, a good first 45. Uh, un, you know, unlucky at their goal, unlucky to give a free kick away in their box when the ball wasn't in play. But, you know, it's just is what it is at times, but that, that's the midfield three I would go for out of there. I, th- I think Turnbull's... I, I don't think what he's doing is meriting his place in the team. Uh, Roger coming off the bench is always a, a great option to have, but you know if he's just played 80 minutes and he's he's got to fly back, it's, it's uh, how fresh is he going to be for us uh, to come on at the, or to start at for Park. So yeah, if, if it's up to me, that that's kind of the midfield adds that way, beating McGregor McCarthy. Patrick, some games last season were a bit hazy, I think, for us all because we want to forget a lot of it. But we, we went to for part last season and had a very comfortable uh, victory there. Elanusi scored a hat trick. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think Turnbull was part of the, the setup and start in terms of playing from the start. Then um, could this maybe be the game that it turns? He goes back to his old his old home ground and possibly puts on a show for the Marvel support. And except this time again, white hoops. Possibly, yeah. I mean, Erlen, who said let Jockstein down uh, three days earlier, so he's got a hat-trick to, to make up for um, letting down Jockstein uh, in that game, I believe, at Motherwell. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I don't think Turnbull even got on as a substitute in that particular game. But if it was me personally, if you're going to pick one of Turnbull or Rodrick, I'd go for Turnbull personally. Um, you know, he got the assist for Kyogo up at Aberdeen. He'll be... Fresher than Rogic, you know, Rogic's you're saying there has played 80 minutes and needs to yep. do a 12 hour flight, I think. Whereas Turnbull's just sort of sat on the bench for Scotland so far. So, in terms of fitness, you're probably better off with Turnbull, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you know, how players play against their former teams, I think. Um, I, I'm not sure that comes into it, to be honest. You know, they're professional footballers. I don't, I don't think it's been a problem for us in the past, you know. Um, and he's a quality player. I think you could probably like look at swapping Turnbull for Roger maybe at half time or sixty minutes if they're both. You know, they seem to fade in games. They're definitely uh, poorer in the second half. And as Lawrence said, you know, Roger's great as an option off the bench. So maybe I swap for those two, and you know, doing what Lawrence said, starting McGregor with either Beaton or McCarthy. Uh, that, that that could certainly be an option. Lawrence, that's a good point that Patrick makes there. It's probably something that we've really lacked in recent weeks as a creative midfielder to come off the bench. Um, if that is going to be something that we really look at, it must be a case of what you're saying and not playing Turnbull and Rogic in the same game and be having the ability to bring one of them off the bench. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Roger, I think, over his time, proved he's a great impact player, isn't he, for us? Uh, for me, Judy's very much out uh, much still out in Turnbull, you know, he's done it against kind of bottom six, I would say, and the bigger games, I think, he's not yet delivered for us, so yeah, I've st- st- still got kind of some doubts over over him, but actually, just thinking when you were away on the Scotland top, remember Harry Hood, or you, you've probably seen when he dropped back into midfield and played deeper, it was good to see kind of Nicky picking up Harry's Scotland cap, belatedly, you know, now they've re- yep. reclassified the international, but 
listen, if we had a player like that to create chances from us, why indeed that'd be great, wouldn't it? Uh, Sunday did everything, but for, for me, I, I wouldn't start either Roger or Turnbull. Yeah, I, I just think with Turnbull, I think, you know what, he's had enough chances and people say, oh, just let him play his way through it. It's Unfortunately, he, he, he's not. Uh, you know, we've got an experienced midfield trio that I think all of them can put a tackle on, will make us more solid, they're all good passers. You know, if McCarthy beat him and McGregor's fit, I think they should start over. And over <laughs> and going forward, hopefully at Christmas, we, we, we call Scott Robertson. I think that's mm. maybe yeah. a mistake was letting him go on loan uh, because I could see him really slotting in at that defensive midfield role for us. Yeah, and he's impressed a lot at crew from what I've read in Scott Robertson and he seems to be a player who, you know, we saw in a flashes against Clusion at away game. It seems it's two years ago now, but I think he's a player that could still kick on for us. Um, yeah, it's a good mention of that, Harry Hood there. Um, obviously, Nicky Hood was on the park. Um, he's with the family on Saturday receiving Harry's only uh, Scotland cap, believe it or not, even though I think in the 1974 um, World Cup, Harry and Dixie Deans both left out the squad, even though they'd scored a complete barrel of the goals for Celtic, um, as they won the double and got to the European Cup semi-final. And the, the strikers that get picked for that squad instead were Kenny Douglas, Joe Jordan, Dennis Law, Peter Lorimer and uh, Willie Morgan. Um, so they might have missed a trick there with that. I think Harry probably deserved a lot more Scotland camps than they won, like a lot of Celtic players. But, um, you know, the, the core group of the Celtic uh, Scotland squad just now, Patty, is made up of either ex-Celts, current Celts, or players that should have been Celts. Um, you know, from watching Scotland, not to dwell on it too much, but is it kind of, look at it a wee bit in a sense of what you could have had? In a sense, yeah. But, um, you know, I think these are guys that, you know, wanted to move on or we didn't want them. Yeah. You know, Tierney wanted to leave Armstrong, Christie. Um, we got rid of Pat, uh, Robertson because he wasn't tall enough, allegedly. Um, you know, I think we all wanted a Henry uh, in 2019, uh, and you know, I think Craig Gordon's getting on a bit. So, uh, as a, a case of what could have been, but you know, I think one of, if not the best, of those group of players is probably Callum McGregor, and I think we're extremely fortunate to have him uh, because you know, any everyone said it, he could slot into any Premier League team, in my opinion. And you know, Leicester I think finished fifth last season, and they tried to get him. So that tells you all you need to know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, you know, unbelievable when you look at back in the day, that there's so few caps that those players got in that period. You know, these are guys that won nine titles in a row, and this is a Rangers team that were doing pretty well in Europe as well, and challenging us every season, and. You know, Lisbon Lions with like three and four caps. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. You know, mm. yeah, Lawrence. Um, you you'd be well accustomed to a lot of Celtic players not getting the shout in Scotland teams. Um, growing up, probably watching a lot of Celtic players. In fact, now do they not make the squad? Um, what, what's your perspective on that? What you watch? You know, in the Scotland team just now, you've got. A lot of players we've watched at Celtic Park in our own jersey, guys that have moved on, and then a guy in, in superstar John McGinn who we, we missed out on. Yeah, it's been really frustrating missing out on him, especially when you know he's down in Birmingham. And him and his agent have, can't get anyone at Celtic Park to answer the answer the phone. Uh, just crazy, crazy missing out on him. Listen, it's good to see the boys do well. You know, Armstrong made his bit of money. Tierney has made this phenomenal amount of money. Uh, it's part of the model of the club moving them on isn't it uh, and it's good to see that this might be able to get as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more this week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
international recognition a, uh, a bit easier. But but one one of our kind of uh, Colts, what the Rocco Vata, two goals, one assist, attacking midfielder. Will we call him up at some point this season if he keeps up that kind of form? You know, son, son of Rudy. I mean, was it Rudy, yes. Andy, Peyton, Stuart Slater, signed same day? Mm. Yep, Rudy Vata, not. And again, we were talking about centre half, earlier on defenders. Rudy, not a bad player for Celtic. A very nice guy. Um, to look to look up top, we've obviously we've covered the, the back four and the midfield. If all fit, it's surely Patrick just a case of Jota, Kyogo and Abadet it for part. Yeah, hundred percent. As long as they're all fit, uh, no disagreements there. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a fight in front three. The only worry is you, you you know that you've not get much behind them. You're sort of hoping that Giacomakis can sort of get fit and be the backup, the sort of uh, the, the the plan B for Kyogo if it's not working. Uh, you've got Forrest and Dembele behind Lila Bada. You've not really got anyone behind Yota. I think Mikey Johnson's injured for the third time this season already. Um, Montgomery, you know, I think we've all spoken about whether he's a left-back or a left-winger. He's certainly been played at left-back so far this season. Um, so you've not really got much cover there. But, you know, if if those three can stay fit, I think that is your front. He's popped out, Lawrence. Um over to you and those three. Is that your Listen, front three? There's just I think Patrick was about to finish one. Kyogo's definitely nailed, nailed down the start position, hasn't he? Yota's looked good. Abad has been hot and cold. Uh, but I th- think we'd have to start with that front th- front three. If Forrest is fit, I don't think we're starting f- uh, from kickoff. I think he's another boy that you'd want to bring on. But he can play left and right. Forrest, in fact, he's played up front as well. He can play, he can play all three of them. Maybe wouldn't want to be relying on him long term to lead the line, but he's going to be an outstanding option to have back. Forrest and Montgomery on the left, yeah. Uh, so, so, sorry, uh, I <laughs> Mikey on the left. Yep. You, you, you know, he's just been played with injuries the, the last couple of seasons. When he first came in, he was going to go every four games or something, two seasons in a row, wasn't he? Something like 25 games, six or seven goals, and it was the same. You, you know, the next season. Is he ever going to be fit enough? It, it, it's, you know, as frustrating as for us, it's got to be more frustrating for him. Because, it, it, you know, it'd be great to see him make it. Just unfortunately, it has been kind of two seasons now. We're going, right, is he going to turn up? And Dembele was, you know, we've been hearing about Dembele forever. And really unlucky with that tackle. Didn't belong in a pre-season friendly, did it? Because he was certainly lighting up uh, the pre-season friendlies, him and, him and Moffat. You know, so... Aye, I think Patrick's right. That's the three you start with, but at least now we should have some options on the bench that you know are going to push them on. As uh, Patrick drops out, two went to Japan. As ninety-three minutes on the clock, looks as if Japan might sneak out of here. That was Patrick um, jumping up and celebrating and knocking his. Uh, <laughs> and like, I, don't f- I don't think so because that might mean Kyogo going to the World Cup, which I don't think any is what we don't want to make at any international. It was just going to be caught in Lennox Town, so. Um, I don't know where that puts it to Japan in this group. Let me just have a wee look at this. Yeah, they, they go up to third in the group, three points behind Saudi Arabia. They've got a, a game in hand and three points behind the Australia. So it's quite tight in that group. But um, Glasgow's going to invite, came in with a really good comment there, Patrick, to say you're like Rogic. You only last 35 minutes in your life. Patrick is our very own uh, Tom Rogic. Um, in fairness to Tom Rogic, I think he lasts a wee bit longer than 35 minutes. Yeah, because he lasted, lasted a lot longer than 35 minutes. He lasted yeah. 80 minutes to today. Um, somebody's brought in a really good point in the comments here and they're saying that Kyogo's already played half a season in Japan. Also take the travel into consideration, we don't want to burn him out, but surely it's the case, Patrick, that, you know, he has the impact playing of our team, he's important to our system, we'd rather start him and take him off and bring him on into the game. Well, what we'll just need to do is go 2-0 up for the 60th minute every single game and, you know, just bring him off for the last half an hour and put Giacomakis on, you know. Um, I think against, you know, St. Johnson at home, I think you're probably looking at that and thinking if Giacomakis is fit, you can probably try and start him in that game. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't think you can, you can play Kyogo every single game this season because he, he will end up being burnt out. But he is so integral to our system and until we get a bit of consistency going, I think you just need to play your best players, you know. Um 
I'm not even sure. Is Giukumak is fit? Is he is he match fit? Can he can he start? Can he start on the bench? I don't know. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Um, um, it looks like Kyogo's came through unscathed by the base away. Um, fingers crossed we've got a, a fit player back for us on, on Saturday. Good stuff. Um I know we've I know we spent I think it was four and a half million on him, but I just don't think Ayeti is I just don't think he's the man. I, I don't know where he fits in. I don't know what style of play we have to to play in order for him to be your first choice or even second choice striker. It it's, it, it baffles me to this day why we signed him instead of Ivan Tony. Yes, another one who we missed out on. But uh, Lawrence, uh, in terms of Albert Yeti, he obviously got the nod at Pitod that he come on instead of Giacomakis, who featured you know late on against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, not so a lot from Giacomakis as of yet. Obviously, we've seen flashes of Albert Yeti, two good goals against Ross County. But um, if Giacomakis does come good, as we all hope he does, is it a case of time up for Albert Yeti because I just don't see how he you know, recovers in terms of how he gets his Celtic career going because I don't think it really has properly ever got going and um, you know if a new striker comes in two new strikers come into the club and completely just throw him out the road then surely that's it for him Yeah I, I would think you know the transfer window end of this year that would be he'd be one that if we bring through strikers in he would be the boy that you'd be looking to move out wouldn't Mm-hmm. How we get signed instead of Tony? Maybe he's got a better agent, or maybe we liked his agent better. Maybe that's why we signed him. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I mean, Gia Kamakis has obviously been signed, and you'd imagine that I just seen something in him that he wants to play. I think, uh, yeah, for one reason or another, it's never worked consistently for him. He looks better shaped this season than he was last season. He has had a couple of goals, but it just doesn't seem to suit the style of play. I've seen him a couple of games he started to chase back and close down, but he looks so uncomfortable doing it and doesn't consistently throughout the game. So, yeah, I I think he's third choice, isn't he? I don't think Andy's going to dispute that. Listen, even maybe, depending on the game, he might be fourth choice if James Forrest is fit. You, you know, mm-hmm. who would you rather have up front? It's uh, Definitely, if you can get two strikers in it, yeah, I'd move him out uh, come the, the Christmas transfer window. But, uh, yeah. and, and we, we really need to play Jay Kamakis just to see what he's got because we really don't know it's one season they had, he's had one good season he, you know, he was top scorer brilliant but we, we want to see a team that didn't do very well either Lawrence you know Aye, so, yeah. so really unusual that, you know they would score so many goals for them uh, but mm. he's done it one season and you know we just haven't seen anything of him but we just need to start seeing him and, and, and seeing what he's got Kyogo was moved into midfield there, Patrick for Japan. Um, obviously with the way we play, we can play that at number ten. Um, it could be a shout to <coughs> accommodate two Lakers if we end up doing that. Um, it's not something I think I would like for us to do, but you know, play your two wingers and then you know, Giacomakis or a Yeti up top with Kyogo just in behind him as a kind of tuck in that will do the running. But I think he is better up front. But we were on the the topic of strikers, Billy he comes to the comments to say it's time for a long overdue statue of the boss James McGrory to give St Rocks a shout out on here. Um, we've got a great connection with St Rocks via Stephen Mullen and they celebrated their 101st anniversary dinner at the weekend with Chris Sutton going along to Celtic Park. So well done to all involved in that and celebrating a, a terrific football club and a, a club close to I'm sure every Celtic fan's heart, Lawrence. Yeah, d- definitely. James Edward McGrory, you know, I doubt anyways, we'll ever see a, a final goal scorer, eh? What a record. Uh, you know, s- small spell out, Clyde Bank, then back and scoring goals. The, the, the human torpedo say, signed, I think, uh, every one of the Lisbon Lions, bar Willie Wallace. So, obviously, not a bad eye for a player either. Yeah, but yeah, uh, statue, perhaps a stand called after him. Yeah. But there's another guy that. Yeah, although he invented the Hamden Roar, you know, in response to one of his goals, got very few Scotland caps. Mm. <laughs> you know, yep. the guy that's was scoring at a rate of better than a goal a game. It's it mystifying. Yep, but James McGrory, certainly a, a legendary figure uh, around the parts of Parkhead. But again, to everybody involved in that, it's at Rocks, well done. Um, but Patty, looking forward, it's seven games in between now and the next international break. Scotland will play Moldova and Denmark. In those games, we, uh, as I've touched on, we are away to Motherwell, with Fenwick Varos at home. We've got St Johnson at home, away to Eastern Road to play Hibs, home to Livingston, 
away to Ferric Varos in Hungary, then away to Dundee. What's your expectations from those seven games? What do you think we can expect from those seven games? Did you see we were away to Hibs midweek? We are away to Easter Road uh, two weeks on, two weeks tomorrow, yeah. Um, midweek. There's an outside chance we could win all seven. Um, it's, 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 it's certainly possible to win all seven, uh, but you know, Ferenc Varos away and Hibs away, those are two pretty difficult games. Uh, I'd, I'd certainly expect at least five wins, in my opinion. Uh, if we don't win at least five of those games, I think, you know, we're, we're in trouble again. Because uh, you, you need to start picking up three points every single weekend at some at some stage. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the Ferenc Varos game. I think they're due some revenge. Um, we obviously had a bit of a... a, a we didn't have a proper team out, shall we say. We didn't have a proper manager in the dugout either. Um, we didn't set up properly that game with there's no fans in the ground. There might not be many fans in the ground next Tuesday, right enough, um, because of the kick-off time. But, you know, I'd expect five wins at a seven, if not possibly six or seven at a seven, because I think they're all winnable games. And not only that, you need to break your duck at Easter Road. I think it's February 2014, the last time we won in the there. league. In the in league, league yeah. Yep. And then March 2019 in the Cup, you know, it's... And of course, you know, Jack Voss can't win big games, so what an opportunity it is. Uh, uh, so, you know, I, I think I think they're all winnable games, but I'll take five out of seven. Lawrence, what's your expectation from these these games, especially that one at Easter Road? I think that's going to be a really important game. And again, we heard Ange talk about the game at the, the Spaghetti ad, that he didn't want players to buy into that kind of idea that, you know, it's a difficult place to go, it's a place that we've not did well at, we don't want that to be the same thing at Easter Road, we need to just completely get that out of the way and just focus on the game in hand Yeah, you don't want that, your mindset going into the game, oh this is going to be difficult, you know, we're really going to struggle, it's, it's going to be a negative effect, isn't it? I, I think, you know, just now with the team sitting, it's very much one game at a time, you know, we've won against Aberdeen, if we can win against Miller again it's going to build the confidence, we're getting players back uh, the more players we get back, the stronger we're going to be. Get a bit of confidence in the team. No reason why we couldn't win one all seven, but it's you, you know I think it's going to depend very much on each game coming and just building the team and building partnerships and getting the best team in the park and getting some confidence in the team. Because at times they have looked, you know, you know as if they've lacked confidence. If you go to Motherwell and get a second win on the road, geez, oh, you know when was the when was the last time we won two two in the road? <laughs> It's it it's going to be a huge confidence boost, isn't it? Especially you know if you get players like McCarthy coming in and maybe John gets twenty minutes and Forrest comes back in at some point, take a lot of pressure off people in the squad. Then you've got a bit of competition for places. It gives us options, gives Ange options coming off the bench. Uh, you know Forrest, great, you know goals and assists tally so far. So we've definitely missed him. You know uh, it'd be great to, to to see him again, but. Yeah, but I think I agree with Patrick. We, you know, you've got to be one in five out of seven. Mm. I'd be happy if it was the five league games, you know, or the five Scottish games. I'd for, gladly forget about Europe yeah, and just kind of concentrate on in, winning the league. Patrick, there will be that element of revenge, I imagine, for a lot of Celtic fans. Maybe not for the players as much because it's, you know, the majority of them are new players, new faces into the team. Um, apart from Callum McGregor, might be the only person that, not even too sure, I think McGregor did play against Ferenc Varos, but. Um, he'll be one of very few that actually played in that game. Um, AGSC Technologies had said that Ferenc Varos are quite a good side. They, sh- they should have beaten Leverkusen. It was a joke that Leverkusen won. Um, I think they actually took the lead against Leverkusen. In terms of the barometer, how, how important do you think that Ferenc Varos game is going to be for us? Because it's the, the team that you look at in the group and it's the one, you know, we've, we've went to, to Seville to play Betis and played well part of the game and we've crumbled. Um, created chances against Bayer Leverkusen but get thumped at Celtic Park in terms of uh, Ferenc Varos are the team that you'd look at in the group and hope to take points off of to get that conference spot or possibly play a Champions League team after Christmas what was your assessment of the, the games against Ferenc Varos? I think before the group kicked off you'd aim for either first or third in my opinion because if you finish second you have to play an extra two games against a Champions League side I might be mistaken on that, but I think that's how it works now. Finish second, you need to play the Champions League dropout, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think actually finishing third and going into the Conference League might actually work better than finishing second. Uh, so before the group started, those are the two positions I'd have aimed for. After two losses at a two, you're probably going for third place, really, aren't you? And you're probably looking at six points out of six from your remaining two home games and maybe a draw away to Ferenc Varos or something to get you seven points and hopefully that'll get you third. Um, I, I, I just think Ferenc Varos, you know, they're a team that, if you look at the, the turnover of both clubs, you know, on that level, we should be beating them. If you look at the quality of the two leagues, I think on that level, we should be beating them. And, you know, when we played them just over a year ago, I thought we had more than enough to beat them. I thought they looked well organised, they looked good in the break. I think they had two shots and scored both of them, you know. But apart from that, I, I think we're the better team, honestly. So mm. I, I just think we need to win the game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, certainly at Celtic Park, I think we'll give any team a good game. I thought we did give... I didn't think 4-0 was a fair reflection of scoreline against Leverkusen. They were a very good side. I, I didn't actually expect us to take anything for the game. And I thought we did create chances early on that, that could have changed the game and had Kyogo being 100% fit. You could see he was just that wee bit off it. and maybe. But again, it was two cracking saves. Um, we, we might have got a result. And again, in Batiste, yeah, I think Ange will learn from that game um, in terms of taking it. You know, maybe look at domestic fixtures just start a wee bit differently from European fixtures you can still play the same kind of football but his personnel might differ a wee bit um, I'm getting pulled up for my hyperbole I crumbled in front here we did crumble in Batiste but it was a good side but we did crumble and we did get thumped and I just said it wasn't a fair deflection of the scoreline against Leverkusen but I certainly think we can get a result against Ferenc Varas I don't think it's out of the park and I don't think it's too much to ask Lawrence you've said there's a lot of players coming back and if we can get it right on the park, there's no reason why we can't have European football after Christmas, which would be a great confidence boost for the players because, you know, one of the big attractions to a lot of guys coming to Celtic is that chance to have the big European night at Celtic Park. Yeah, no, definitely. Listen, away to Betis, before the game, if you told us, you know, it was going to be 4-3, you didn't know, hell. You, you, you know what I mean? It was a better result than I'd expected. 4-3 after being 2-0 up is not so good, but now we've got, uh, you know, we've We've got options now that maybe we didn't have then. You know, the team's getting stronger. You know, if we can keep everybody injury-free, he gives Ange maybe options to close a game down when he's 2 up and, you know, change your personnel and be a bit tighter. 4-0's uh, 4-0, isn't it? You know, we did miss a few chances, but I, I think from what's in Leverkusen, and are the, the best team in the group. Uh, Ferran Farris, uh, they've got that boy that... I think he picked him up in a free from Saudi. Marine. The boy Larson. Yeah. Marco Marin. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's won leagues in a few countries. He's won the European trophies as well. Surprised that we didn't. Well, we don't have a head of recruitment. Uh, maybe I picked him up for us. But, he, you know, he's a decent player. But uh, really, for me, I think this season it's the league, you know. If you get European football after Christmas, all well and good. It might be a confidence booster for players. You could also say, listen, it's more games. What takes more toll on us. Less recovery time between league games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, it's just about uh, winning the league. But again, fair and far, so I think we should win at home. Uh, but I remember kind of their second goal, the boy just kind of clears it for the right-hand side of the box. Kind of Celtic end, and it, it just plays up, falls brilliantly for their football. The defenders that cleared it, the forward puts it away. It's, you know, it was only their second shot that game, wasn't it? And it, That was them, but it was nothing more than a hoof up the path. It's really landed really well for the striker. Well, so much as that our defender could have done something he didn't and the strikers just on it uh, yeah I'd expect to beat them at home away I'm not, I'm not too sure I, th- I think they are a decent team but you know the best teams I think Leverkusen 4-3 away from home against Betis on the face of it you would suggest that you know we were competitive in that game you know a 2 in a lead it's with more of a squad back and more of a first team playing hopefully we can get a better result against you know Betis when it comes around it's a game, I think, you know, depending again on the timing of the group, it's obviously going to be the last game in the group come December time. I don't know where Batista will be sitting in the group at that point. I don't know where ourselves will be sitting at that point. It might be a game of rotation for one of them. Um, we obviously rotated last season in our last game. The group had gone The group had gone a couple of games into it, frankly, um, after the, the thumpings against Sparta Prague. Um, and we, we changed the side and we obviously got a great result against Lille, the, the French champions. 
Um, so again, could be about timing when it comes around to that Betis game, depending on whether they've qualified or not. Um, but Patrick Lawrence has said the focus should be in the league. We're away to Fir Park, we're away to Easter Road, we're away to uh, Dens. Um, not easy venues to go to, but ones that if we are serious about you know challenging or winning this league title, we're going to need to win at all three of these venues. I'm not sure you could describe any away venue as an easy win, you know. Yeah. And if, if you were to start with easy, easy venues, I think you're probably starting at places like Dens Park, you know. Of, of the 11 away grounds, it's probably one of the easier ones, you know, because we've not got any sort of, any sort of, you know, unlucky unlucky run recently. You know, they've not been in the league. They've a newly promoted side. You know, games up there are never spectacular, but, you know, we we tend to get the results. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that's what we can do again because you just need to win these games. You know, other teams do it. You know, all the big teams in Europe, you know, Juventus, Bayern Munich, all these teams win these types of games. It's not always pretty, but, you know, we've done it in the past under Rodgers, Dyla. You know, you just need to win the game, don't you? Even if it is like Aberdeen... Even if, you know, we go through the next, what is it, 14 away games and we win 2-1 or 1-0 in the last five minutes, I'll take that all day long, as long as we're winning 5-6 and six nil at home every weekend. Yeah, um, I think we'll all take that if we can do that. Lawrence, you know, we went to Petodi, we've got the monkey off our back in terms of getting that first away win since Valentine's Day um, against St Johnston in February, won it uh, Petodi there. A uh, couple of weeks back, if we don't go to Fir Park and get a victory, will there be a concern again about away form? If it's, it's a case, I think that we need to go to Fir Park and get another win under the belts away from home, and there will be that creeping anxiety. Will come in from a lot of Celtic fans that we've got a problem in the road. Listen, I, I think it'll be a uh, concern about form in general. You know, the first two games at home, brilliant. Third game, Carter Vickers, you know, it's a lucky deflection and it kicks us on to a 3-0 win. It, we need to start stringing results together and it can't go on stop-start and, you know, draws here and then losing here. And, it, yeah, if, if, if we don't get a result, you know, yet again, you know, Pretoria was a must-win game and I think that's what we're looking at, at for Park. You know, Dens Park, I'm just hoping there's no riots anymore, you know. They, they get a win up there and the boys can... Uh, other press can avoid reporting riots, uh, but yeah, I think we're we're must win territory again. You know, we're six points off the pace. We need to put a, a run of results together. Uh, we, we need to start getting our best team in the park and maybe get them settled uh, and, and see some partnerships and some joy coming. Uh, you know, we're mid October. Our second choice strikers not been fit to play. It's it, it's it's not a good kind of place. You know, he's one of our People decide to spend some money. Uh, he arrives unfit and he's been injured. It's it's concerning, you know. And I, I think between now and Christmas, it's just been about staying in touch with the top, putting a runner form together, uh, and getting players back up to speed. Uh, and then after Christmas, kicking on. Mm. That runner form is going to be really important, Patrick. Are you in the, the same camp that we need to kind of get that state run right under our belt away at Fir Park, so that there's not that um, that idea of do do have this problem in the road and we can just kind of. Lawrence says kick on from there yeah because I think the, the next the next away game after that is Hibs and you know if you don't win at Motherwell you're probably looking for a win at Hibs and that's a it's a it's a tougher place Tough to hands. go I still think we should win but it's a tougher place to go and you know I just think there's no point winning at Aberdeen if you then go another two games without a win away from home because then the monkey's starting to climb back on your back you just need to Kill it stone dead, win two games in a row, win a couple of home games, and then go into Hibs and you know just see how you're feeling and do the best you can. Uh, so yeah, I think it's if we want to kick on and you know start winning a bunch of games, picking up loads of points, we probably need to beat Motherwell in my opinion. Yeah, and some do need to sort out um, Gordon Stack and a half and a half scarf for that game up at at Dens because I think he might still be in his Celtic role then but still working for Dundee so if anybody's got a half and half a wee Gordon I'm sure he'd be much appreciative of it Lawrence um, we've touched on the away games there we've got St Johnston and Livingston at Celtic Park um, we looked very good at Celtic Park the games that Patrick's touched on against St Mirren Dundee 
Ross County. Then we had that draw against Dundee United. Um, in terms of those two games, personally, I wouldn't say I'm too concerned about them, but Johnson, again, have started the season really well. And uh, Livingston, after their, their win against us, haven't kicked on at all. So, full six points in those two games you'd expect at Celtic Park. Listen, you'd be hoping for it, but St Johnson's a decent team. You know, the most successful team in Scotland last season, picking up two to three trophies. It's, they're going to give us a tough game. Uh, and if we haven't beat Motherwell, you know, if we haven't started to get on a form, the doubts are going to be in about players. So, unfortunately, you know, it's October and every, every game's a must-win game now. You know, it's I think we need to get kind of four or five wins in a row and get players' spirits up, you know, and see that Things are starting to work, starting to gel. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I don't think we'll drop points against Livingston, but St Johnston, they're a decent team. We, we, we should win, but you know, we'll need to be on a game to win. It's going to be a, a focus on ourselves, getting that run of victories um, together and hopefully keeping everybody fit. Patrick, we're nearly nearing the end here. Um, to, to kind of close on this, if we've got that full complement there, um, available to select from what is your strongest 11 going forward here for the Celtic side um, for the upcoming runner fixtures or yes, for the full if season you've got the full selection like, of players full selection of players for the next 7 games what, what is your strongest team to go forward with every single player even Julian Taylor. even Julian and we'll even we could even include well I don't know if Taylor will make it but we'll include <laughs> Greg we'll, we'll be kind to him I think he will right. be out for a wee bit longer okay. but We'll say, not just for the next seven games, for the rest of the season, what do you think um, at this point I would think for, what you've got to work with? Yeah, up until January, certainly at least, I'd go for Joe yes. Hart, um, Jovanovic at right back. Um, oh, you're testing me. I think yeah, you would have to go with Julian and Carter Vickers at the back, I think. Uh, as much as I want to put Stephen Welsh in there, I think Carter Vickers has, has been better so far on form. Um, I would... Pl- I would play Montgomery at left back um, midfield it presents a bit of a problem if McCarthy can get fit I would go for McCarthy McGregor and probably Turnbull and then Yota Kyogo and Abada I think if they're all fit and they're all on form that's probably our best team in my opinion No for cents for you? Abada's done better this season so I have to stick with him mm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you Lawrence what, what so would, for, uh, any changes from that? Yeah, well, well Joe Hart is obviously stick on, isn't he? You know, head and mm-hmm. shoulders above other keepers. Right back, Juranovic. Right centre-half, Julian. Uh, problem at left centre-half. I don't know if Carter Vickers can play there, but, you know, we seem to be trying to make Starfield a left centre-half. I'm not too sure how, how good skills is, so probably stick with Starfield there. Left back, if Greg was fit, he's the best left back at the club, I'd play him. Uh, but he's, he's going to be out for a couple it's still another couple of months or six weeks? I think it's still another couple of months. My pal seen him at the Leverkusen game going at the stadium and he still had the big uh, cast in his arm. So I don't think he'll be back anytime soon, Greg. Yeah. Six to eight weeks in. Yeah, so if not, I think it's going to have to be Montgomery there. Uh, midfield. If they fit, beating McCarthy and McGregor. No shock there, it was McGregor. Maybe I said McGregor, McCarthy and... I don't know. Uh, up front, Kyogo on the right, Jamesy Forrest. If he's fit and on form, uh, with the record he's got with Celtic, uh, yeah, he, for me, he would have to start. And Jota, I think he's done enough to, to nail down the left. Not that there's a lot of competition over on the left, unfortunately. But yeah, from what we've got at the club, uh, that's who it'd be for me. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what he goes with. He'll hopefully be rotation because we'll hopefully have that full complement. To pick from, we will be playing, you know, midweek weekend, midweek weekend. Tough run of fixtures, but it's a run of fixtures we, we hope we get the, the, the full complement of points from. And, you know, but we're sitting at the next international break talking about, you know, a really good run of forms, no injury problems, and then that kick off, kick on until Christmas before we go and raid the, the Japanese market um, from everything that we've read so far. But again, Liam Skills, I think, is going to be a player that. Possibly we might see, we don't know, but I think he's a player that may feature just that wee bit on this run of form, but we'll just wait and see. And hopefully, as you say, Lawrence, you know, guys like McCaffrey really do come up to speed and we touched on Shaky Marcus earlier on. He came in at the side and, and do a job for us. Um, to everybody that's commented today, thanks for your comments. They're always very welcome. Um, we'll be here all week, run up to this game against Motherwell. Um, 
hopefully Scotland get a victory again tonight in the Faroe Islands, cheering on from home here. And uh, if you haven't already done so, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. Again, there's great prizes to be given away. I think it's still the, the Bobby Lennox signed print that's up for, for grabs this month for its frame. So please subscribe to the channel and thank you for watching A Celtic State of Mind. And to Lawrence and Patrick. Lawrence, you're going to finish with something? Yeah, and next Tuesday, hopefully, A Celtic State of Mind will be coming, will have been back from London with uh, three trophies from the, the podcast awards. Hope also, thanks everybody that, that voted for us. Hopefully it's enough to, if not, do another treble, at, at least bring one trophy home. Mm. Or even a double. Meet in the middle there, Lawrence. Good luck to you on your way down there. I hope he's a good trip. And thanks to everybody for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Cheers. Report. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.